Hello, my friend and fellow perfectionist. Are you tired of constantly chasing this elusive ideal of how you think you should be, only to end up feeling frustrated and burnt out? Well, you've come to the right place. Today, we're diving headfirst into the tumultuous waters of perfectionism and learning how to conquer it. Perfectionism is this sneaky little thing that creeps into our lives, whispering lies in our ears. It convinces you that nothing you ever do is good enough, that the world will fall apart if you make the tiniest mistake or if things don't go exactly as planned. But let me tell you something. Perfectionism is the ultimate party pooper. It drains your energy, takes all the joy out of everything, and turns you into an anxiety-ridden mess. This is Addiction Unlimited, and I'm Angela Pugh, your personal life and sobriety coach, here to guide you on this journey of transforming yourself and your life. And if you're burned out on the yo-yo sobriety, you're done screwing around, constantly ending up back at day one, you're in the right place. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. So how do you actually understand and overcome perfectionism? This topic actually came from our Facebook group. One of our outstanding members posted in there asking me if I had an episode about internal perfectionism. And I said, no, but I'll record one. (laughs) So here we are. And in this episode, we're going to explore some pain points that hit close to home. We'll talk about sleepless nights spent obsessing over that one typo in an email or what you should have said in that conversation. We'll talk about that paralyzing fear of starting something new because you're terrified you're going to screw it up or not be good at it. And we'll talk about the pressure that these unrealistic expectations put not only on you, but on your relationships. So the difference, you heard me say internal perfectionism, right? The difference between internal and external perfectionism is that internal perfectionism is when people believe they have greater control of their environment and can influence it, right? But external perfectionism is feeling that overwhelming external pressure to be perfect, usually from the people closest to you. But I would say now with social media being the behemoth that it is, I would say a lot of this external perfectionism comes from all the social media stuff that we look at, right? And constantly comparing ourselves to what other people are doing or how they look or how they're eating or their level of success, right? That's external perfectionism. So let's start with a definition of just perfectionism, right? Or being a perfectionist. 
And I found this definition on verywellmind.com and I thought it was really good. It says, a perfectionist has excessively high personal standards and overly critical self-evaluations. This can manifest as criticism of self, but also criticism of others in attempts to control situations and people. Really, perfectionism is about an almost obsessive need to control every aspect of your life. And this creates an unrealistic goal, right? And then that can create feelings of anxiety and depression. And I want to take a minute and connect some dots here because you're going to start to recognize some patterns in things that you and I talk about all the time. You hear me talk about on probably damn near every episode. If this is about control, let's talk about why we have a need to control. Because Control is an attempt to create certainty, right? Certainty is one of the six basic human needs. We need to feel certain about what is going to happen or what is happening. When we don't have certainty, this is what the core of anxiety is all about. Anxiety is about the unknown. I don't know how this is going to be. I don't know how it's going to feel. I don't know if I'm going to be good at it. I don't know if I can make this happen. I don't know if this will work out. It's all the uncertainty that creates anxiety. This is why we create and depend so much on routines and rituals. And we've talked about this in a lot of episodes. If I create routines and rituals, it gives me a sense of certainty. And that certainty allows me to feel like I'm in control. So let's take an example for me of my Monday, right? And I know you'll relate to this in your own life because we all have these routines and rituals. So my Monday is very routine. I know I'm going to get up and start working at five. I've got a few hours to work and then I go to the gym. It's my favorite class of the week. I always go to the same class. I come home, I shower, I eat, and then I have employee meetings. So the next several hours I'm in employee meetings with my team members, you know, talking about what's going on. This is our upcoming week. This is what we need to be working on, blah, blah, blah. And then usually at the very end of the day, I have one little slot available that I can do a client session. So that's my Monday. It's very predictable, right? Because it's the same every week. This is my routine. So when I'm going into Monday, I feel super comfortable and super confident because I have all that certainty. I know what it's going to be. I know how it's going to feel. I know where I am. I know when I'm going to eat and when I'm going to take bathroom breaks and when I'm going to refill my water. It's all very predictable and certain. So my anxiety is very low. This is why we struggle so much, right? When we travel and do different things and our routines get thrown off, it really is challenging for most of us when our routines are off balance because it creates uncertainty. So you may be wondering at this point, are you a perfectionist? Is this something that you're dealing with? And if you're wondering if you have a problem, I'm going to run through these quick questions. And if you answer yes to any of these, there's a really good chance that you struggle with some perfectionism. It doesn't mean it's out of control. It certainly doesn't mean it's not fixable. It's totally fixable. I've fixed a lot of these things within myself. 
I also realized when I was researching this episode how much work I still have to do because <laughs> I have gotten really good in some areas, but I've found some other things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to work on that. I know you'll be able to relate to that when you hear these two. So here are the questions. Do I have trouble meeting my own standards? Do I often feel frustrated, depressed, anxious, or angry while trying to meet my standards? Have I been told my standards are too high? And I would think this really would be from people close to us, right? Like spouses, of course, partners, children, parents. Has anybody come to you like, hey, we need to bring it down a notch? And the last one is, do my standards get in my own way? For example, do they make it difficult for me to meet deadlines, finish a task, trust others, or do anything spontaneously? I'd love to know how many of these you said yes to also, because I know when I read through this, I definitely have some work to do. Now let's talk about what perfectionism looks like in everyday life, right? Like how it pops up. You know, I never want to be one of those podcasts that does the overarching, you know, uses all the marketing terms and never explains what anything means. So I want you to really have a clear understanding of what this looks like in your daily life. What are these behaviors? And then we're going to get into ways to work on those and improve and make it better so that you can feel better. I mean, all of this is really about feeling better. This is about feeling better about ourselves, having more positive and comfortable self-talk, right? That inner critic or inner voice we always talk about. We need that thing to be nice to us, right? So we're going to talk about some ways that you can start shifting this behavior to be a little bit more healthy and comfortable. So one of the first things I think about is all or nothing thinking. It's not uncommon for people that struggle with compulsions or addiction of any sort that we, a lot of us are very high achieving people, just like we are with our drinking. We're very high achievers in our unhealthy habits too. So it can be confusing sometimes to go, okay, well, what is just me being an ambitious person and what is actually perfectionism? So with all or nothing thinking, like a high achieving person can be satisfied just with doing a great job. Even if they don't do it perfect, right? Even if the goal isn't met perfectly exactly how I want it or whatever, I can be really happy with how far I've come. A perfectionist will accept nothing less than perfect. Almost perfect is considered a failure. Almost getting there is considered a failure. If everything's not exactly right, exactly as planned, exactly how it's pictured in my head, then it's not good. That's all or nothing. The next thing is being highly critical. A perfectionist person is more critical of themselves and always looking for mistakes and imperfections, right? Where a, I'll say recovered perfectionist <laughs> or recovering perfectionist can have pride in accomplishments, right? And be really super supportive. But a perfectionist 
And you might recognize this in work or in home, maybe with your kids. That would probably be a good one. I used to do this a lot in my sober living houses where I would walk in the door and immediately go, why is that there? What's that doing? Why is this like this? Like I was always picking out the imperfections and the things that weren't being done correctly. And it can become difficult to see anything else, right? And that leads to being super judgmental, being really hard on people. And nobody wants to feel that way. You know, you don't want to be highly critical of yourself or other people because it doesn't leave anybody any wiggle room to just be human. You have to realize in all of this, like ultimately, you're just a human being. I'm just a human being. I'm going to make mistakes. There really is no such thing as perfection, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but being highly critical of yourself and others just doesn't give you any room to just be human. Another thing with perfectionism is it's really fueled by fear, and it's the fear of failure, of course, fear of rejection, fear of judgment, and it's the fear that drives the perfectionist to have a perfect end goal. But all of it is fueled by fear and that insecurity of not being good enough. Perfectionists also tend to have unrealistic goals, like setting goals that really just may not be reasonable. You hear me say this all the time with like working out. I'll have clients who'll be like, New Year's resolutions are really big with this, right? Like, oh, I'm going to work out six days a week for two hours a day. And I'm like, listen, you can't be a person that goes to the gym for six days if you're not even a person that can go to the gym for six minutes. Like, you got to start small and work your way up to big goals. But perfectionists tend to set their goals super high where they're really out of reach. And then They focus only on the results. So they don't appreciate the achievement they've made, right? Say you set the goal for six days a week and you go three. Well, three days a week is still more than you were doing before you were doing zero. But a perfectionist can only see the result as not perfect. Well, I only went three. I didn't go six, so it's no good, right? Again, some of that all or nothing thinking. I didn't make it to the goal, so it's no good. But really, you had so much achievement in even doing the three. You're still changing who you are and changing your lifestyle, changing your body. You have to have some appreciation for your achievement, even if it's not perfect, but also not setting the unrealistic goal or standard or expectation of yourself that's just not achievable from minute one. The other part of that is then when you don't hit the goal exactly right and perfect, then you don't feel happy. Where like an ambitious driven person can bounce back pretty easily. They'll be happy with the progress they made. They look at the journey, not just the goal, but they look at the whole journey like, oh, wow, check this out. I've come so far. I've made so many great changes. This is awesome. But a perfectionist will get depressed and struggle to move on when things don't go the way they wanted them to. And there was a journal article that I read too that was talking about people with perfectionist personalities have higher levels of anxiety and lower levels of psychological well-being. 
because nothing's ever good enough. You always feel insufficient or inadequate in some way. And we talked about a lot of this being driven by fear, right? And it is a lot of fear of failure because a perfectionist is looking only at the end result. So everything is about results and everything being perfect. And you're disappointed by anything less than perfect. And then failure becomes really scary because everything feels like failure. And then that makes it hard to even do anything, right? (laughs) And that leads me to the next one, which is procrastination. When you're a perfectionist, and you can't adjust your situation or environment or skills, then that fear of failure gets bigger and then you procrastinate. A perfectionist will worry so much about doing something wrong that they become immobilized and they'll they won't do anything at all, right? And then, of course, that procrastination leads to greater feelings of failure. And it's like this vicious cycle where you're just paralyzed in that fear, not doing anything, and then beating yourself up for not getting anything done. And it's a vicious cycle. Perfectionist people also get really defensive when there's any kind of feedback or constructive criticism, right? Even feedback from partners, anything like that, where a high achieving person looks at that feedback as really valuable, right? Because that's what makes me better. I need to hear how people perceive me to know if that's how I intended to be perceived or if I need to adjust something. I need that feedback. And that feels like a really valuable piece of information for me. And it's a positive experience. But because a perfectionist, a less than perfect performance is so painful and scary, they get super defensive to any kind of feedback or constructive criticism. And some of this comes from low self-esteem too. I would argue that a vast majority of perfectionism really comes from low self-esteem. Because when you are so critical of yourself and you are constantly evaluating yourself in such a critical way, obviously that's going to break down your self-esteem. And perfectionists also tend to be lonely and isolated because of that critical nature and being so rigid in everything, it pushes others away. And that leads to even lower self-esteem. And that has a major impact on your life, right? If you are so isolated and people are pulling away from you and you're so lonely and you're so rigid in all your views and there's no wiggle room for people to just be human beings, your overall quality of life is going to suffer. Your relationships are going to suffer. And think about that too, like how that feels. Something that has been so powerful for me in healing a lot of my, as we call them in 12 Steps, character defects, (laughs) in healing a lot of those things, you know, I, I used to be super judgmental and critical for sure. I had all this being super rigid with people that pushed people away, unrealistic expectations, judgmental, 
anger issues. I was super condescending and I could be really mean, right? I had a lot of work to do. I still have a lot of work to do, but think about how that feels for people around you. And for me, when I started to look at how I made other people feel, that's what really fueled my desire to be better because I know how it feels to be judged. I know how it feels to have somebody in my life that's super critical, where I feel like I'm constantly under a microscope and never good enough, and nothing I ever do is good enough, and nothing I say is good enough. Like having this expectation that you perform. I'll be your friend as long as you perform the way I want you to, as long as you say what I want you to and treat me the way I want you to. Like putting those expectations on people is just too much pressure. And I know what that feels like because I've had people like that in my life. And what it does is it makes me not want to have them in my life. It makes me set really strict boundaries to not be around those people very much because it doesn't feel good. And that's not the experience I want someone to have when they're around me. (laughs) I don't want them going, oh my God, I want to get away from her because she makes me feel terrible about myself. (laughs) Like That is not the impact I want to have on other people's lives. And I'm sure it's not the impact you want to have either. I want you to feel welcomed and loved and accepted and empowered when you're around me. That's the vibe I want to put off. So think about what vibe do you want to put off? Are you going to be so rigid with people that it just makes them feel bad and they want to escape you? Or do you want to loosen up a little bit on yourself and everyone else and create a different energy when people are around you? Also realizing that perfect is not a real thing. And I mentioned this a couple of minutes ago. Perfect is truly not a real thing. It's a moving target because when you know better, you do better, right? So for me, even in business, we'll just use this as an example. Like when I first started learning how to build a website years ago, I built all my, I still build all my own websites. But years ago when I was doing my first one, there was a lot to learn, right? The first website I built, I was so proud of it. It felt so good. I was showing everybody. But in the process of building that website, I learned a lot. And over the course of being in business so many years and marketing and doing all these things, I learned a lot. That very first website I built all those years ago would be embarrassing to me now because I know better, so I do better. So my idea of perfect in that moment when I got that website built, that idea of perfect was already different because of everything I learned in that journey. So perfect is always changing. When you first get sober, your idea of perfect is just not having a drink and maybe your goal is to make it to a month. Well, by the time you get to a month, You've grown and evolved so much. You're such a different person. Your idea of perfect is now different and your goals grow and evolve with you. So perfect is a moving target. It's always moving. And if you're so consumed with the idea of perfect, you will never hit it because it's always moving. So let's talk about some of this in behaviors. And I know I've been touching on some of this throughout talking about these symptoms, so to speak. But let's talk about 
some examples of actual perfectionist behavior, right? We talked about procrastination. So chronic procrastination, difficulty completing tasks or giving up. This is another piece. If you give up because you've set this idea of perfect and you've set an unrealistic goal and you get so consumed in that fear of failure that you're like, F it, I'm out. I'm not even doing it. Or if you're overly cautious or overly thorough in tasks, right? If you spend three hours on something that would take somebody else 20 minutes, like overly thorough is perfectionism. Um, excessive checking and rechecking. I definitely have a little bit of this, but because I can't remember anything. See, when you get old, you can't remember anything. (laughs) So I'm definitely a checker and a double checker and a triple checker um, because I can't remember anything. Constantly trying to improve things, always redoing stuff because it's not good enough, trying to make it perfect, rewriting the same email several times over to make it perfect. It's so funny as I go through these with you guys, you'll love this. As I'm going through these, I'm catching myself in my head, rationalizing my own behaviors. (laughs) So I was just saying that constantly trying to improve things by redoing them, like writing an email in my brain immediately kicked in and went, well, that's just being thorough. That's just being smart. You do need to recheck. You need to write it, step away from it, come back, check it again. Like I'm rationalizing my unhealthiness (laughs) as I'm saying saying it to you. Um, Also agonizing over small details, right? If you get really consumed in the tiniest details to where it holds you back from moving forward, that's perfectionism. You're so fearful of making a mistake or not doing it right. And the truth with failure to failure is just feedback. Failure is not a bad thing. Failure is just letting you know you don't have the plan quite right yet. Failure is okay. And it's inevitable. You're going to fail at lots of things, almost everything probably on some level. So failure is not a big deal, but if you're agonizing over like what show you're going to watch and you catch yourself like being stuck, like, should I do this one? Should I watch that one? Maybe I should watch it. Oh, my friend told me to watch this. Like if you're really, it's consuming you, it's too much. Another one, this one I'm really guilty of too, is (laughs) the mammoth to-do list. I had to really call myself out on this like a year ago because my to-do lists were so ridiculous that again, it's like setting the unattainable goal. Like, do you do this too? I'm sure you do because we're so similar. We're all so similar, but I would make these to-do lists and I'm like, I couldn't get all this stuff done in a month for crying out loud. Like maybe if I locked myself in my house and didn't do anything else, but focus on the list, I could get it done. But that's not realistic either because life happens. The phone rings, you've got kids to deal with, you've got to drive places, you've got to go to work. I mean, the elaborate to-do list will make you crazy and that's a perfectionist thing. And the last one I think a lot about is avoiding trying new things, right? Because you get so overwhelmed with not doing it well or not being good at it or it being uncomfortable. And that feels so overwhelming to you that you just won't do it. And that takes a lot of joy out of life too. You may have heard me talk about on episodes in the past about, I always tell this story when I was in my 20s, I wanted to take um, these dance classes and I worked myself up and I found a place that was doing them and it was free and I drove all the way to the place and I pull in the parking lot 
and my fear just destroyed me. Like my social anxiety, I'm not going to know anybody. I'm going to look stupid. People are going to make fun of me. My fear just consumed me and I ended up leaving and never took the dance classes that I still want to take now almost 30 years later. (laughs) That is perfectionism and fear of failure at its finest. So let's talk about some ways that you can really start to overcome this, right? Like what are some things you can do? And I've talked about a lot of them as we've been going through this. But one thing I would say is really focus on some realistic thinking, right? We have to be able to, when we blow things out of proportion in our heads and make them way bigger than they need to be, we have to have the ability to bring it back down to right-sized, Because we can blow things way out of proportion and obsess about them and just make them a way bigger deal than they are. I have to be able to right size it and just have that conversation in your head of like, okay, really, what's really going on? Like, is this the end of the world? Is it terrible? What if I did fail? Is that the end of the world? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Get into some of that realistic thinking, reminding yourself like nobody's perfect. I did my best. Um, Making a mistake doesn't mean I'm stupid. It doesn't mean I'm a failure. Mistakes are human. Everybody makes mistakes. It's okay. Or if you're in a bad mood or you snap at your partner or your kids or something and you want to start beating you, beating yourself up for you should be better than that, you should be more patient, all those should statements, remind yourself that it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have a bad moment. It doesn't have to ruin your whole day. That's another piece of this. You'll hear people say all the time, like, oh, this happened in the morning, ruined my whole day. I'm like, well, really, if you get realistic with that, if really probably made about 15 minutes uncomfortable, but you can still go on and have a really fantastic day. It's not all or nothing, right? Like you had a bad situation for a few minutes. It doesn't mean your whole day is ruined. You can go on and have a great day. So getting realistic in your thinking, you know, it's okay to not be perfectly pleasant all the time. We all have bad days. Another big one that I always think of to is how would I support a friend or for me, a client, right? If a client called me with exactly the same situation, how would I support them in it? And I'm very supportive. So I know if it was a friend or a client, I would be so kind and supportive and talking them through it and telling them all the reasons it's okay and offering a thousand solutions, right? Because I'm a coach and that's what I do. You can say one thing to me and I will immediately start fixing it. I can't help it. It's why I'm a coach. (laughs) So that's how I would be if a friend or client called me with the same problem. So that's how I need to be with myself. Get into that mode. How would I treat my friend? And let me treat myself the same way. Give yourself kindness and grace and space. Be upset and then get things in perspective and start figuring out the solutions. People with perfectionism also tend to have a hard time seeing things from another person's point of view. They tend to not think about how other people might see a situation. And if you've worked with me privately, you know we do this all the time. I'm always going to the other person's point of view because 
We don't see that. We don't think about it. All we think about is our side, our point of view, how we feel. You have to be able to get into the other person's perspective or to see your situation from a different perspective, right? Like you might be telling yourself you're lazy because you can only exercise one hour instead of two hours, but somebody else is going to look at that one hour and go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You've inspired me to go work out for one hour, right? So how you see yourself and how you see every situation isn't just that's it. Those are the facts, right? There are all kinds of other perspectives on the same thing. And again, challenge yourself. Are there other ways to look at this? Is this really that bad? Or does it really matter? What is the worst thing that could happen? And if the worst thing happens, how will you get through it? Um, Will this still matter tomorrow, right? I feel really angry right now, but next week, am I even going to remember what I'm so angry about? Put it in perspective. Don't let it get all blown out of perspective and crazy. Unhealthy perfectionism is really an excessive focus on control. Perfectionists become very picky and preoccupied with making sure everything is just right, which really is just controlling or attempts to control every situation and all the people. And that takes a toll on your personal relationships. That perfectionism makes it difficult to even achieve your goals. And it leads to worry and stress, anxiety, depression, and a lot of other negative things. So listen to this episode a couple of times if you need to, and think about how you can start implementing some of these practices we've talked about to really shift that way of thinking and make it more healthy for yourself. Take some pressure off yourself so that you can feel better in your daily life and not be so critical of yourself and other people. And if you want help with this stuff and you want me walking with you hand in hand, figuring this stuff out, schedule a call with me and see if we're a fit. It's worth at least checking it out. And you can do that at addictionunlimited.com forward slash call. And let's see if we're a good fit to work together. I'll link that in the show notes also, addictionunlimited.com forward slash call. I hope you loved this episode and you're having a fantastic day and I'll see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast, candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.